Hello, uh, this is Peter Brown. I used to be on the old Lawman television series out of Warner Brothers, and then the Laredo television series from Universal Studios. 43 movies, about 2,500 TV shows, more than that if you count the episodes of soaps I've done. So I've been around a while and still doing it. And I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. I, think, I guess I'm beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome to Episode 74 of On Screen and Beyond. I'm Brian Zemrak, and this is the show that brings you a weekly dose of what's coming your way as far as sequels, remakes, upcoming movies, TV on DVD and movies on DVD. And this week, we take you back to the Old West once again as Peter Brown joins us. Peter, of course, played Johnny McKay on The Lawman, the classic Western. And he was also a Texas Ranger in Laredo. And he also appeared on five different daytime soap operas. So Peter's going to come your way, give you a lot of great information, a lot of stuff about what he did and what he does and all that stuff. He's still active. And it's all coming right here on the interview segment of On Screen and Beyond. But first off, we want to remind you that um, we have got a lot of things going, stirring in the pot, and we're going to keep you updated on that very soon. Check the website often to find out what's going on. But coming up next right here on On Screen and Beyond, we're going down to Remake Madness. Please hang up and try again. As far as Remake Madness, the Fantastic Four may be headed for a remake once again, even though it wasn't that long ago that Fox redid it. And we talked about this a while back, but it's a Three Musketeer remake, and a little update on that one. It looks like this one is going to be in 3D. That's the big thing right now, and that's the way it looks like now. We'll keep you updated as we hear more. Another remake or retelling of The Wolfman is coming out October 1st of this year, and it's called The House of the Wolfman, and it tells the story of five strangers invited to a castle thinking one of them will inherit it and not knowing that the dangers that await them in the house of the wolfman that's about it for remake madness coming up next what's coming away as far as rumored upcoming movies right here on on screen and beyond Upcoming movies, well, Jet Li will star in a new film called Ocean Paradise, which will be released in 2010. And a film is in development called Gemini Man, about an over-the-hill hitman who faces off against a younger clone of himself. Look for a 2011 release on that one. And an animated film about a pair of wicked pranksters plan an elaborate heist with their crew of highly trained animals it's rumored star john cleese and it's currently in development and it's headed for a 2012 release that's about it for upcoming movies coming up next sequel city right here on on screen and beyond well on the sequel front it looks like a desperate phone call leads to an all-night adventure for a sweet natured babysitter in further adventures in babysitting 
And Ron Perlman is rumored to be starring or co-starring in The Hobbit 2 in 2012. Ian McKellar is also rumored to co-star in that one. And The Chronicles of Narnia, The Silver Chair, is in the script writing stage right now and is listed for a 2011 release. That's about it for Sequel City. Coming up next, we're going to find out what's coming away as far as TV on DVD right here on On Screen and Beyond. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Well, as far as TV on DVD, out on DVD this week, look for Criminal Minds Season 4. Also, a very habit-forming show called Harper's Island. That's out on DVD. If you didn't see it when it was on TV, check it out. I think you're going to like it a lot. And if you like mystery thriller shows like that, it's a great show. Check that one out. And that's about it for TV on DVD this week. Coming up shortly, it is Movies on DVD right here on On Screen and Beyond. As far as movies coming out on DVD, Disney's Bed Knobs and Broomsticks with Angela Lansbury as a wannabe witch comes to DVD on September 8th. Also, we have a boatload of Blu-ray releases coming your way of older films coming out this week. Look for Dead Calm. The Postman, starring Kevin Costner. Catwoman, starring Holly Berry. And the Western, Silverado. And that's what's coming away as far as movies on DVD from On Screen and Beyond. Coming up next, we have our interview. As we take you back to the Old West, the TV shows of the 50s and 60s, when the Western was the big thing. Peter Brown was there amongst the stars. He was uh, Johnny McKay on Lawman. And he was also a Texas Ranger on Laredo. And then he went on to do all kinds of uh, soap operas, five different ones. And then he was also in all kinds of different TV shows, uh, you know, guest appearances, guest starring in all kinds of shows. And you'll recognize him. He's Peter Brown. He's coming up next right here on an interview segment right here on On Screen and Beyond. Joining us today on On Screen and Beyond is an actor known for playing Deputy Johnny McKay on the classic Western show Lawman, Texas Ranger Chad Cooper on Laredo, as well as many other roles, including five daytime soap operas. It's Peter Brown. Welcome to the show, Peter. It's my pleasure to be on the air with you, Brian. Peter, um, we like to sort of start off with, you know, going back to where you started it all. So could you take us back before you actually started acting and let us know, you know, how you came about getting into acting? I don't know if there was a day in my life that I wasn't acting one thing or another. Really? <laughs> <laughs> but um, I began on a radio show in New York City. My mother was an actress in New York. Mm -hmm. And she had a, one of her best girlfriends produce a, tel uh, a radio show on Saturday mornings for kids called Let's Pretend. 
And I would go into the city with my mom sometimes. We lived out on Long Island at that point. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of liked hanging around the studio. And then, you know, of course, one day they needed uh, a young voice for, um, you know, a dwarf or an elf or just a kid. And they said, well, come on, you can read this stuff. So I just started doing little parts on that radio show. And uh, I think I got bitten by the bug at that point. <laughs> and my mom always supported me all the way through. So Yeah. And she wouldn't let me get a New York accent. <laughs> so I can, I can do one, you know, if, if we got to talk that way. But, uh, <laughs> um, but no, she wouldn't let me. So anyway, that, uh, that held me in good stead later on in my career. Hmm. Now, looking over the, you know, internet finding information about you and, and all the times there's there's things that are on the internet that aren't true so sometimes i may man- mention something that you may say well that's that's totally false i've had that happen many times <laughs> but um is it true that you were discovered while pumping gas by jack warner of the warner brothers well that's what um, that's what got me to warner brothers i was working in a 76 union station on sunset boulevard mm-hmm. and i was doing a play at the Horseshoe Stage Theater in Hollywood at the same time. And I had just gotten out of the Army and out of UCLA. And uh, so this fellow drove into the gas station one day, handed me his credit card after I did the windshield and checked the oil. Do you remember those days, Brian? Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) When that actually happened, when you went to get gas somewhere. And uh, his credit card said, Jack L. Warner. And I looked down at him and I said, Mr. Warner, are you one of the Warner brothers? And he looked up at me and he said, son, I'm the only one left. And I said, well, I'm an actor and I'm doing a play down here and I just finished doing 17 shows up in Alaska and then, you know, and on and on and on. And he said, well, that's good for you, buddy. I hope you do well in your chosen profession. And he drove away. Hmm. And the next day I got a call from the head of new talent at Warner Brothers man by the name of Sally Bayano called the gas station, found me, and uh, thank you, my darling. My lovely wife just handed me a glass of wine. Isn't that nice, huh? <laughs> so, um, I went in for a screen test, and um, first a personality test where they just surround you with people and point a camera at you and ask you a lot of questions. And I guess I passed that because they said, uh, okay, now we want you to do a screen test. Uh, we'll give you a piece of material and someone to work with. They gave me a fellow actor by the name of Ralph Vitti, who is now Michael Dante, who did a lot of work later. And he's now doing his own radio show down in Palm Springs, California. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So uh, Michael and I are still good friends. And that's how the ball began to roll. Hmm. Now, I mean, that, that's the sort of thing you hear, you know, in movies about how a person is discovered, you know, either in a uh, serving coffee someplace, <laughs> but you were pumping gas. You must have said something that really struck him because... Well, I think probably that um, I rattled on and I did give him a brief synopsis of, uh, you know, the work that I had done mm-hmm. and having just gotten out of UCLA... And he, he asked me, he said, well, who, who was your professor at UCLA? And I said, Ralph Frude. He said, oh, yeah, he's one of the best there is. And I said, I'm also studying with Jeff Corey. 
said, Jeff Corey, the actor? I said, yes, sir, Jeff Corey, the actor. He said, boy, you are working at this, aren't you? I said, yeah, that's why I'm here. And I think all of that, he mused, you know, and thought about that and then called his guy at the studio and said, there's a guy in a gas station up on Sunset Boulevard. I want to take a look at him. It was probably something that simple. Yeah, yeah. Huh. It, it's funny. All the people that I have been interviewing, a lot of people studied with Jeff Corey. Well, he was one of the best. My professor at UCLA is the one who recommended him. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, I walked into class, and who's sitting there? Of course, we didn't know who he was then. It was Jack Nicholson. Wow. Sally Kellerman. Yeah, in fact, Sally, when I interviewed Sally, she said she took uh, classes with, uh, with uh, Jeff Corey. Yeah, well, that's where I met Sally for the very first ah, time. Okay. okay. And uh, we're still good friends. Well, I haven't seen her or talked to her in a long time, but uh, we were always good pals. We never dated, but uh, we were good pals. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So, d- now, do you remember what was your first... I-, I mean, I know you did a lot of different things, like, you know, theater and things like that, but uh, your first uh, TV acting paid role, do you remember what series it was on or anything? Colt 45. Colt 45? Yeah. Yeah. But the first show that I ever did, <clears throat> now remember, I'd just gotten out of the Army maybe three or four months prior to this, and I got a job doing a commercial to join the Army. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I had, my hair had grown out by then, and you know, and the first thing they wanted me to do was cut my hair. And I said, oh, no, I can't do that. I just, I've just i had it so short for so long. And they said, well, you get your Screen Actors Guild card. I said, get the scissors. <laughs> Whatever it takes, right? <laughs> yeah, so I did that, uh, that commercial and uh, got my SAG card, which allowed me to do other things. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was uh, another kind of fortunate incident that occurred yeah and, and you, I've, been, I've been lucky i must admit yeah and you've been on so many i mean every western that you know i remember watching <laughs> everything you know like you say cold 45 and sugarfoot and and uh what a maverick and uh cheyenne, cheyenne. oh yeah i mean you know there's just so <laughs> many and then of course you know you got lawman uh, as a regular series was it was that exciting when you got that first uh, long oh my term God, role? yes um well I, I grew up part of my my youth when my family moved to california um was up in the sierra nevada mountains and we lived on a, an old ranch up there that was owned by slim pickens mm-hmm. you know remember him yep oh yeah, yeah. and um uh, here's a little side note um there was a brand that had been burned into the front of the mantelpiece over the fireplace in this old house that we lived in. Mm-hmm. And I mean old house. We moved back a century. There was no running water. We had a, a tank up on the hill with a gravity drop into the house. So we did have, you know, running water at the sink. But it was, you had to pump it, you know. Yeah. And kerosene lanterns, no electricity. So we moved back a century. I loved it because... Um, I'm, you know, ever since I listened to the Lone Ranger on the radio, mm-hmm, yeah. you know, I wanted to be a cowboy, and by <laughs> God, I am. Um, so where was I going with this? Oh, the brand. Um, so, <clears throat> so there was a, a two, and then there was a two lying down next to it, and then a P, and I couldn't figure that out for my world. 
And a few years later, I'm in a helicopter, of all things, and there's this uh, rodeo clown sitting next to me by the name of Slim Pickens. Hmm. And I said, do you own a ranch up in the California mountains outside of Coarse Gold? He said, yeah, I do. And I said, well, I live on it. You don't? I said, yeah. Well, I used to. I don't anymore, but I used to. And I said, is that is that your brand that's in the mantelpiece? He said, yeah, that's my brand. I put it there. Huh. I said, well, I, I don't know what it means. It's a two, and I'm, I think it's another two laying down and a P. I said, okay, I'll guess now. The P's for Pickens. What's the other thing? He said, well, if you read it straight across, it's a two and a lazy two and a P for Pickens. So it's too lazy to pee. <laughs> And that's Slim's brand. Huh. <laughs> One of the amusing things that came out of living up there. And I also had my first horse up there. and I learned to track and, and hunt and all of those wonderful things when you're 15, 16, 17 years old. So before you actually started uh, working on the TV shows and all the westerns and everything, you actually knew how to ride then? Oh, yes. Yeah, I did. Yeah, because, you know, you hear about different people that, you know, will say anything to get the job and <laughs> of course yeah i did that too but in other er- right. other areas you know? <laughs> but but you were all right in, in riding a horse then you had no problems mm-hmm. so. that's one of the reasons they gave me lawman is because they they knew my background oh really yeah and i was also competing in um in rodeos at that time you know local ones oh uh-huh. yeah and um, they were well aware of that I remember uh, one Saturday morning, my phone rings in my apartment, and I lived right up above Warner Brothers at that time, and it was William Orr, William T. Orr, who was the vice president of Warner Brothers Studio. And, you know, I had met him a couple of times, but he he calls me at home on the phone. He says, this is Bill Orr, and I said, okay, sure, hi, how are you? Haven't seen you since, uh, anyway. And he said, do you know how to use a 45? I said, well, of course I know how to use a 45. You take the record, you put it on the spindle, and you hit play. <laughs> and he said, no, I'm not talking about that kind of a 45. I'm talking about a single-action Colt 45 pistol. And I said, no, sir, I don't. But I could, by gosh, learn. Hmm. What did you have in mind? He said, well, we're doing a pilot for a new television series called Lawman. We've already... It's a, it's a two-person show, the marshal and the deputy. We've already cast the marshal outside of our contract players. His name is John Russell, and we need a young cowboy to play his deputy. And you're it. And I said, I'm it? He said, yep, you're it. You don't have to test for it. You wow. have the part. Jeez. And uh, I get all, all choked up just talking about it. Jeez. And and wish so, they were all that easy, huh? <laughs> man, well, you got to figure too that I've already put in, you know, fifteen years of work, right? Study, oh, yeah. And you know, it, it, the discovery may come overnight, but the uh, the preparation, right? Yeah. And being ready for it when it does come is, uh, you know, sadly overlooked. At right. Times. Oh yeah. Yeah. But uh, then they they gave me a teacher um, to turn, you know, um, teach me how to fast draw and had gun belts made for me. Um, they wanted to supply me with a horse, and I said, no, sir. Um, I will get my own horse. Oh, really? And Yeah, 
because they, you know, they have a whole string of horses they don't own, but they rent from this company called Ace Hutkins and his family. Mm-hmm. And um, they would bring you a horse when you're, you know, starting the first day of the shoot. Excuse me, the shoot. But you, you never got the same horse twice. So uh, I said, no, that's not the way I want to play this guy. So I, uh, I had a friend of mine who was a professional horseback jumping rider, and he worked for uh, Jerome Kern, of all people, uh, who owned uh, the Silver Lining Stables. And this, this fellow's name was J.J. Smith, J.J. Smith III. And he and I became really good friends, and he taught me to jump. I didn't know how to jump. Uh, on a horse at that point. I mean, I jumped over a few fences and stuff, but that was it. Yeah. And um, I said, J.J., I, I'm going to do this new show, and I need a horse that's really good, what we call, you know, show broke, uh, so that they're not going to get all upset around lights and cameras and people. And, and he said, well, let me go let me go shopping. He says, I know what you want. What's your budget? And I said, I don't know. Let's say... Let's say a thousand dollars, and I didn't have any money at that time. I may have had a couple of grand in the bank, and that was about it. So he went away for the weekend, and he called me from Tijuana, Mexico, and he said, "I think I found your horse." You did? He said, "Yeah." I was at the racetrack down here, and there's this black gelding who is running in a claiming race, and he's pretty and he's handy. And he's about 15'2", which is just about right size for you. And I'm going to try to claim him. And I think I can claim him for $750. And I said, do it. Hmm. He bought that horse, trailered him back to L.A. Uh, and we had a, a barn on the back lot at Warner Brothers with stables in it. So that's where we put him. And we started working with that horse probably six weeks prior to shooting the pilot for Lawman. Uh-huh. So I had a, a really handy horse that I was comfortable on, and uh, he was just, J.J. made the, the perfect choice. Hmm. Anyway, that's how that started. Yeah, I, di- I didn't know that they, they just gave you any horse and, and didn't necessarily have the same horse all the time. Well, it, when, it, when you're doing a regular series, they will eventually assign you a horse, so you tell them, okay, I like this one, like I Neville see. Brand on Laredo. Uh, had a horse that he liked. His name was Cactus, which fit Neville perfectly. Um, and so they would bring that horse in for him. Yeah. And then um, Bill Smith on Laredo liked this buckskin horse that they brought in for him one day. So they assigned that one to Bill, and they brought that horse in for him every week. And uh, Captain Parmalee didn't actually, uh, Phil Carey didn't do that much riding in the show. He was mostly at the office. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not sure if Phil ever really had his own horse. I don't think so. But the the three main characters we did. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Now, with with Lawman and um, the Laredo, I I noticed that they did a lot of cross. I don't know what you call it officially, but you know, you were on other shows to sort of cross promote your show. Uh, like for example, when you were on Lawman, you also did a show of uh, Maverick playing. Your character, Johnny McKay. Yes. And did, was that common that you did that? No. Favorite? Matter of fact, um, here's a little side note for you and your audience. Um, on my birthday this year, the fifth of October, 
Encore Western's channel. I don't know if you guys get that back where you are. I think I've heard of it, yeah. Um, they are going to start showing the Virginian um, the first of next year. Mm-hmm, yeah. And the pilot for Laredo was actually shot as an episode of the Virginian with James Drury and Doug McClure. Yeah. You know, the Virginian was the first 90-minute Western. Yes, oh, yes, yeah. <clears throat> so the, all three of us are on that episode. And I, um, the Western's channel friend of mine up there, Jeff Hildebrandt's his name, and uh, he sent me two discs because on the 5th they're going to have Peter Brown night on Encore Western. Oh, really? Yeah, which I think is just fabulous. Yeah, jeez. Uh, they're going to show the Mavericks. That I think I did three. Let me see. I've got the disc right over here. Um, and I did four Mavericks, and I think I did three Cheyennes. So uh, he sent me those discs so that I could review them because he's going to come down on 20th, and they're going to film me talking about these episodes that they're going to show that oh. particular night. Wow, wow, that yeah, would be interesting. Yeah, which is huge. Yeah. Huh. And in another way, it's even even larger and better for me. I've been producing a new television series called Shooting the Breeze, and it's all about the old Western... You know, every time we do a, a, a Q&A session, a question and answer session at these different festivals, yeah. uh, Festival of the West, you know, here in Scottsdale, I'm going to Kanab, Utah in a couple of weeks, going up to Sioux Falls, Idaho, mm-hmm. Sioux Falls, South Dakota, sorry, yeah. uh, with Robert Fuller from Wagon Train and Emergency. He's yep. one of my best friends in the world. Yeah, I interviewed Robert uh, uh, just, just recently. Oh, he told me about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're going up there together and... Uh, all of all of this, all of the different people, um, we do Q and A's, and I usually host them. I am the host uh, at the Canab uh, Film Festival every year, and that's coming up next month. So it just occurred to me and some other friends of mine, Bobby Hoy, particularly from High Chaparral. Mm-hmm. Um, this, I think, we could make a series out of this. People really like it. Yeah. So um, I did. We uh, we shot some footage up in Kanab last year, and then we shot some additional footage down here uh, this this year with some other people, cowboys, gals, stunt guys. You know, um, everybody, even some reenactors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we put together a three and a half minute show. This is not a show. It's actually a, it's a presentation right. reel, what yeah. we call a sizzle reel. Mm-hmm. And actually, Brian, you can go on. You got a pencil in your hand? I, yeah, I, yeah. You, you do now, don't do you? Right now, yep. <laughs> okay. MaricopaFilms.com. Mara? That's the way it sounds. M-A-R-I-C-O-P-A. That's a, a county here in Arizona. MaricopaFilms.com. And you'll see my smiling face, and there's an arrow there you can click on, and you'll be able to view that ninety, that uh, nine, three and a half minute sizzle reel. Okay. And um, give you a little glimpse into what I've been doing here. Yeah, and we'll have our, our listeners will, you know, uh, have a chance to. And what I'll do is put a link on our site so people can go right to it. Good. And Good idea. You'll be able to check that. And uh, if you get some um, 
some uh, positive feedback, I'd appreciate uh, some information on that. Sure, sure. I'm sure that'll be very interesting to uh, to see it. So it's 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 you all. I'm, you... Ho- I'm hosting that show. Yeah, and I have you know two or three uh, panelists on each episode. Um, you'll see. Um, I think there's three or four in this uh, the sizzle reel. It's cut very quickly. Yeah. Because from all uh, information that we can gather, that um, networks or people who are going to be watching this to perhaps purchase, you know, for their network, mm-hmm. um, they have a an attention span of about ninety seconds. Yeah, yeah I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> if it doesn't grab them in a hurry, they say, "Show me the next one." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and um, I presented it to the Westerns Channel, and that's how all that Peter Brown stuff started coming up. Hmm. Um, because they do like it. They haven't committed to it yet. Yeah. Um, but they have said that we like it enough to have it on the shelf here. And as soon as we iron out our contracts for, the, for next season and make sure we have enough money left in the, in the kitty, mm-hmm. you know, to present, uh, you know, an honorable offer to you, yeah. um, we'd very much like to uh, perhaps put this thing on the air on a regular basis. Wow. That would be great. That would be fantastic. Yeah. See a lot of the, a lot of our our heroes from the old, all the old TV westerns and everything. And yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, TV is not the same as it used to be. <laughs> well, nothing is. I know, I know. You know, <laughs> but it's it, you know. Hell, I'm not the same as I. Used to. <laughs> right. <laughs> but the, the, I mean, those westerns were so good, and, and, and you know, it, they were so much fun to watch, and you know, there was always a hero, and you know, it was just. Uh, yeah, well, it was a morality play. Yeah, yeah. It was just so much different. Now, with Lawman and Laredo, I mean, those were, you know, two huge shows for you. Yeah. If you had a choice and, and, and you had to pick one over the other, is there one that, that meant more to you or anything? Or you enjoyed more? No, I really, I really can't. Um, I, I love them both for different reasons. Um, Lawman, I love primarily because it taught me how to film act. And there's a big difference about acting on stage mm-hmm. and acting in front of a camera. Yeah. And John Russell, who was my mentor and had already done one television series, um, he was so kind and stern at the same time. He fashioned his character of Dan Troop after his Marine captain and you know, in the service, mm-hmm. and he himself was a, a very distinguished uh, military man in the Marine Corps, as was Neville Brand on Laredo. He's second most decorated hero in World War II, right behind Audie Murphy. Wow. So um, I had a lot of, a uh, lot of help yeah. from real, real pros. Jeez. And John taught me so much. I, I wish to hell he was still around. Mm, yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, uh, 
thinking back here, um, with Laredo, um, I interviewed um, uh, the guys from Chad and Jeremy. I don't know if you, you remember those guys from the 60s, the singers. I, rem- I remember them, yes. They were actually on your show, Laredo. Mm-hmm. They did an episode, and he talked about being on that show it was it's interesting now that you know all of a sudden I'm remembering that when I interviewed him he, he mentioned Laredo when he was on that show I'll be darned yeah so now um of course as the the 70s came around the western started to fade out a little bit from TV and uh you switched to soap operas now was that something that you were making the decision to do or is that something that came about that you you had the opportunity to get a role well, um, actually, there was, there was a lull in what was going on in my in my uh, my career. And, you know, a lull of about a month, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And my agent called me, and uh, he said, "NBC would like you to do uh, a character on the Days of Our Lives." I said, "Forget it. I don't want to do a soap opera." Are you kidding? I've been I've been working, you know, doing motion pictures and uh, two hit television series. I don't need to do a soap, and I didn't need to do a soap at that point. Yeah. Um, and he said, it's six weeks, and they're going to pay you $1,000 a day. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, and I said, oh, they are, huh? Hmm. <laughs> six weeks, $1,000 a day. Man, let me add that up. So I said, okay. Well, after a month or so, uh, the mail just... Um, hit the roof mm-hmm. and they just they just started renegotiating the contract and I kept telling my agent I don't want to do this anymore he said well they've just upped the offer Jeez. I said tell them no <laughs> they upped up the anyway I was there seven years wow <laughs> I did over a thousand episodes of the days of our lives a thousand episodes holy yeah. cow I didn't, re- I, I didn't realize that I, I knew you had you know been in a lot but I didn't know you had done that many wow yeah Huh. Now, do people still recognize you f- from that show? They do, actually. When they come to the Festival of the West or, you know, any one of the, the shows, and I've got my photos, you know, laid out on the table, uh, and I've got the DVDs out there now, not of the soaps, but... Yeah. Um, they say, well, don't you have anything from Days of Our Lives or from The Bold and the Beautiful? I said, no, darling, this is a Western show. This is a cowboy show. <laughs> I said, I have photos of those at home. If you want one, <laughs> you know, um, email me and I'll send you one. But um, I don't really carry those around to the Western shows. Hmm. Now, do any of them, uh, the people that go to it, go specifically for the Western, but then after seeing you, look at you and say, Weren't you on that soap opera or anything like that? Well, yes, and I do bring um, DVDs from, let's say, um, Ride the Wild Surf, which mm-hmm. was a very, very popular movie that was shot in Hawaii. Um, color with Barbara Eden and um, Jim Mitchum and Fabian, and it's it's a doggone good um, surfing movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, Summer Magic that I did for Disney with Haley Mills. And Burl Ives, wonderful movie. Mm-hmm. And the young girls love that film. And their parents are buying it for them today. Really? Yeah. Huh. Jeez. So I do have those DVDs on the table. Yeah. Huh. And they sell. Jeez. Now, is it, is it true that um, you dated Anne Margaret before she became a star? Yes, sir. When she first, first came to Hollywood? 
I met her at the, um, the Newporter Inn in Newport Beach, where I kept my boat. And a buddy of mine by the name of Sandy Kevin, um, I was working that entire week. I was going to go down for the weekend, and I couldn't get down there until late Friday night after I finished shooting. So I asked my buddy to go down there and, you know, get the boat ready, you know, uh, top off the tanks and all of that good stuff. And he called me, and he said, you got to get down here, mister. He said, I saw a girl sing at the Newporter Inn last night who is a knockout, not only beautiful, but sings like a bird. Mm. And her name was Ann Margaret Olson. And I said, well, I'm, I'm coming. I was going to come down tomorrow, but if you think this is important, I'll get my butt down there tonight, which I did. And um, I met her in a booth before she went on that evening. And she was in pedal pushers and a shirt, and she was pretty, you know. Yeah. And uh, she was with a, a group called the Scott Smith Trio from uh, their university in Chicago. Northwestern it was. And um, so she finally just, you know, she looked and said, hi, nice to meet you, Mr. Brown. Uh, um, but not Mr. Brown, but uh, whatever. At that point, I've got to go change for the show. And she came back in about an hour, whatever it was. Different girl. Hmm. Totally different girl from the young, bubbly girl that I'd been talking to for a while. Yeah. The showmanship just came out. The voice was there. And she just, she knocked me off my chair. Hmm. And I told her, I, I kept going back. I went back a couple of weeks, you know, um, in a row. And um, we kind of started dating a little bit, you know, as much time as she had down there. And I kept having to go back to the studio. And I said, you know, I'd, I'd really like to uh, take you into Warner Brothers Records and introduce you to a friend of mine there by the name of Carl Engelman and see what they uh, think about you. You've got some demo records, I'm sure. She said, yeah, I do have a couple of demo records. So um, I talked her into going into uh, Los Angeles. She'd never been to L.A. And she was heading back to Northwestern, you know, when their uh, their gig was up. And I said, well, just, you know, come with me and you can stay in my house, no, no strings. And I had a beautiful home up in Beverly Hills there. Um, and so she said, yes, okay, let's go try it. And I did. I, I took her over to Warner Brothers, invited her, uh, or invited Carl to come and hear her sing. And he liked her. And he went to, um, to Jack Warner. And Jack looked at the stuff. And he said, I like this girl. He said, but what am I going to do with Connie Stevens? I've already got Connie Stevens, and she's in a, in a new show. You know, uh, Surfside Six. Yeah. And um, I can't. I can't sign this girl. I would like to, but I can't do it. You know, Connie would have my head on a platter, <laughs> <laughs> and she would have to. Um, but he decided not to sign her. So um, I called another friend of mine by the name of Pierre Cosette, who was a personal manager, and he signed her. Mm-hmm. And she went back and talked to her folks. She went back to Chicago, talked to her folks. And then came back out, stayed with me um, for a while while we found her an apartment. And um, I found her a nice spot down on just off Sunset Boulevard. 
And uh, she eventually bought a house just down around the corner from where I lived on Benedict Canyon. Hmm. And her parents came out, and uh, it was it was kind of um, kind of serious there for a while. But um, I think we finally just kind of became one of those romances that became friendships. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I I adore her to this day, and I still see her from time to time. Oh, at, I do. Yeah. At different events, and. Uh, She's gotten more beautiful as the as time went on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and Pierre Cosette, um, the first thing he did really big for her was to get her on the Academy Award show to sing one of the uh, Academy-nominated songs for that particular year. I don't know what year that would have been. Probably, um, I don't know, early '60s somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or mid sixties, late sixties, I don't know, in there somewhere. I lose track. And um so yeah, Annie and I matter of fact, um I have her first album cover hanging on my wall right here in my library. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. And she signed it to me. Let me see. Walk around the corner here. And uh it's called and here she is, Anne Margaret. It's on RCA Victor and it's signed in you know one of those black markers that says Peter, sure hope you like it, and Margaret, and there's one, two, three, four, five photos of her on the on the front cover. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, a little memorabilia there that you save, and yeah. Well, that's what shooting the breeze is all about too. And when people go by my table and I tell them about the show, matter of fact, I showed it to a, a Q and A audience in um, it wasn't Canab anywhere somewhere. <laughs> recently, and they loved it. They just loved it. They said, oh, when yeah. are we going to see this? What, sh- what channels are going to be on? I said, I don't know yet. I'm working on that part. <laughs> well, that, that, that I hope you get, get that. That should be very interesting. Oh, I'll get it. Yeah. And it's, it's too good not to be picked up by somebody. Yeah, yeah. And now there's so many channels that, that you know, specify uh, toward westerns and things like that. Now, you know, it's not just like before when there were four networks and yeah. you either had to <laughs> have what they wanted or that was it. You know, now there's, there's like you say, the Western Channel and everything. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, you know, looking over the list of, the, of what you did uh, in the 70s and the 80s, and, and I mean, you know, it, it, it didn't stop. You, you know, you were 90s and everything. I mean, you were on all these huge shows like Mission Impossible. Uh, oh, one thing, My Three Sons. It seems like everybody in your interview has been on an episode of My Three Sons. I'm sure they have been, yeah. <laughs> that seems to be one of those shows that everybody's been on. I mean, but you did Marcus Welby, Policewoman, uh, Wonder yeah. Woman, Charlie's Angels, Vegas, uh, I, I mean, it just goes on and on. Fantasy Island, Dallas, Magnum P.I. Let, let me give you a couple. Um, you say Fantasy Island. Yeah. What clicks in my brain is Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, really? Yeah. She was one of the guest stars on the episode that I did. Oh, wow. Uh, my Three Sons, Jodie Foster. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> At about, I don't know, 10 or 11 years old. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, different... Um, let me see. What is it? Uh, oh, it'll bite me here in a minute. Um, Kurt Russell. Oh yes, yeah. On Laredo. Oh, he when was he on was Laredo. Probably I don't know, fourteen or fifteen years old. Wow. And uh, 
he <laughs> he did a great job, but you could see it was Kurt Russell already, hmm. and that he had big stuff in front of him. Yeah, yeah, jeez. But, but yeah, a lot of shows. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's and it's funny how many the, the how many shows you did that I have actually interviewed people from those shows too. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, in fact, later this week I'm interviewing. You did Airwolf. I'm I'm gonna Alex Cord. I'm gonna be interviewing Alex. Well, you know, he lives about nine miles from Robert Fuller. Yes, yeah. Down, yeah. down there in Gainesville, Texas. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I got an email from Alex this morning. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you guys... We're in, we're in touch all the time. Yeah. Jeez. But now, I also saw on the Internet that um, you're going to be doing a voiceover in an animated movie coming up in 2010? I haven't heard about it. Uh, oh, okay. Now, see, this is one of those things. It says, it says Fire Dog. Oh, I did do that movie. Oh, it's something that you previously recorded and haven't done. Uh, they haven't released yet. That's correct. Ah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't know that that had been sold. That's good. Well, that's what it says. It says uh, it's supposed to come out in 2010. It's Fire Dog, and it uh, has Tom Arnold, Lauren Bacall, uh, Tony Danza. Yeah. Um, it's true. A friend of mine produced and directed that, and I went into the studio there in Hollywood. He just asked me to do it for him, and I did. Hmm. Do you have any of the uh, the production credits on that? Uh, the only thing I saw, were, you know, were the people who were in it. That's all that it, that, that I saw. Where did you see that? That was on um, Internet Movie Database. Oh, on IMDb. Yes. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Was that under my name? Uh, yes, under your name. Oh, okay. Under cool. your name, it had Fire Dog, and I clicked on Fire Dog, and then got the other information about the movie itself. Well, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, yeah. It says you play Uncle Chester. <laughs> yeah, whoever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I I know. So, when did you record that? It was a couple of years ago, or it was longer ago than that. Really? Um, because I was still living in California. I was living on a ranch, um, on Max Clevin's ranch in Agua Dulce, California. Wow. Sometimes it takes these things a long time. Yeah, I'd even forgotten the title of that one. Really? <laughs> well, that's the thing with animation, you know. It's it's something you, you you go in, you do your voiceovers, and you're done, and you don't, you know, you you just don't think about it after that. Yeah, I was in the studio for maybe an hour and a half, two hours max. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just just flies right by. I'm trying to remember. There was another actor, pretty doggone good actor, that was in there recording prior to mine, and I visited with him. Uh, give me a couple of other names that were on that. Uh, there was Lor- uh, Lauren, Lauren Bacall, Tom Berenger. That's who was there. Tom Berenger, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was in the studio at the same time. Wow, jeez. So yeah, it looked looked uh, from what the, the few pictures they showed, the animation looked nice uh, as far as the drawings and things, and uh, it looks like it uh, might be a good movie. Let's certainly hope so. They owe me money. <laughs> So, well, no, actually, I did that as a freebie for my buddy. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Well, who knows? Maybe it'll become become a big hit, and they'll kick you a little back, a bit back at you. <laughs> and I'll get some voiceover work. Right. right yeah. <laughs> so, uh, one more. I just wanted to ask you about your rodeo work. Uh, I noticed that you did some videos uh, for rodeo style, you know, instruction and things like that. Do you do actual rodeo work? I don't. I don't ride the hard stock. Mm-hmm. But um. I did produce and uh, hosted a instructional video on the uh, the cowboy sport of team penning, mm-hmm. and um, it just it's 
still selling. It's called The Penning Tape. Yeah. And I host it, and I'm one of the cowboys in it. And um, it's a sport that um, is, it's just, you know, it's going on all the time all over the country. Yeah. All over the world now, actually. Yeah. I get, uh, I get people who are emailing me to buy it, and I have a couple of uh, companies around the country that sell it at different rodeos and state fairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, so. And I also do cowboy mounted shooting, which is another sport that they do at some of the rodeos. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's that's one of the other things that, that I saw that you won a quick draw contest back in the sixties. I did with other Western actors. I did. Now, yeah. so what did they do? They brought a, a bunch of the TV Western people together. Well, you know, there's there's some uh, fast draw clubs in different parts of the country, mm-hmm. and I. Uh, I was known as a fast draw guy. As a matter of fact, that's because of my prowess in that is how I met Sammy Davis Jr. Um, he called me and wanted me to teach him. Oh, really? Yeah, which I did. And we became the best of friends forever, forever, oh. forever, forever. I loved him. And he became better than me. Oh, you know, really? That little rascal, yeah. Huh. Um but I received a call from a man named Bob Six. He called me on the set, and he said, um, I have a, a fast draw team down here in Palm Springs. I said, well, excuse me, Mr. Six, but uh, I've heard your name. Where, where do I know you from? He said, well, I own Continental Airlines. Wow. <laughs> and I'm married to <laughs> Ethel Merman. Jeez. <laughs> I said, oh, okay, now I know who you are. <laughs> okay. He said, well, I have a proposition for you. I, I need somebody really fast to shoot on my team. And if you would consider doing that, and if with your, uh, you know, contribution, we happen to win this tournament down here in the desert, I will fly you to New York on my ticket, put you up in a beautiful hotel on me, take you to the show on Broadway on me. <laughs> And um, treat you like the prince that you probably will be if we win this thing. Wow. So I said, well, I'll tell you what. Who are we shooting against? He said, state of California. I said, oh, you want me to to shoot against my own state? (laughs) He said, well, yeah, that's right. I said, oh, what the hell? Let's go. (laughs) So uh, I went down, I shot on his team, and we won it. Huh. (laughs) And... um, there was one other time that I did that. Um, there was a uh, a fast draw contest that was televised from New York City, mm-hmm. and I won that one also. Yeah. Now, uh, from what it said on the internet, it said that there were uh, other Western actors who were in this, and you beat them all. You got, you were the the quickest drawer in Hollywood, or something like that. Yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm not going to name them. No, <laughs> I was just curious. What, if you would say who were some of the other people that you beat? <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to do that because a couple of them are still alive and still own guns. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, Peter, I want to thank you very much for taking the time. It's it's been really fun uh, talking to you and, and think, talking about the the shows and everything. We appreciate it very much. Thank you, and let me hear from you. You know your listening audience when they tune in to shoot in the breeze. Yes, yes, yeah. All right. Okay, pal. Thanks. Thanks a lot. You're welcome.
of course, we want to thank Peter Brown for taking the time to talk to us. And uh, Peter's always busy. It seems like he's got all kinds of things in the works, his uh, thing with the Western Channel and everything. So check that out when that comes your way. And uh, also check out his uh, website he was talking about and everything. And we'll put a link on our site so you can get to that. And uh, we want to thank him for talking about that. It's a lot of great shows he was on, um, you know, that uh, Lawman and, uh, and uh, Laredo, just great show. So uh, if you get a chance, check those out, too. And let's see here. What else do we get going on? Oh, I want to remind you to check out our poll question at onscreenandbeyond.com. On the front page, scroll all the way down to the bottom. You'll see it right there. And uh, cast your your opinion, your vote, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, you know, right now I think the question is about the uh, Brady Bunch. Which one was your favorite Brady kid? And uh, also check out... um, the, uh, at the top of the first page, uh, we give you an opportunity to send in your questions to stars. And, uh, you know, if uh, we have a chance, we will put up what star is coming up for an interview. And you can send us your question for that star. And currently, uh, one that's up there right now is Robert Wagner. He's going to be a guest upcoming in a future episode. And if you have a question you'd like me to ask uh, Robert, um, you can send it to us. Of course, we get all kinds of them, and we'll try to get as many as we can. But you know, obviously, when we get hundreds, we can't ask every one of them. But uh, we'll see. We'll pick out a few, and we'll try to get that. So uh, send them to us at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. And uh, remember to check the website often because what happens is sometimes they might be up there just for a short uh, time, you know, a couple of days or so, and then we pull it off and we do the interview. Uh, but Robert, we're gonna we scheduled this one way ahead of time, so we have a, a you know a couple of weeks here actually that you can uh, still send that to us, and uh, we'll try to get that your question on there. So, uh, but uh, remember, check to see who else is coming up. Also, uh, if you'd like to send us suggestions on who you would like to have us have as a guest, you can send that to us at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com, and uh, we'll see what we can do. We never know if we can get somebody or not, unless we try. And if you have someone you'd like us to try, we'll, uh, we'll do it. And uh, that's about it for Episode 74 of On Screen and Beyond. We are moving right along. Coming up uh, in a couple of uh, weeks, I think it is, or maybe maybe it might be a month or so, uh, we will have our holiday movie extravaganza where we go back and uh, we are going to go look over what's coming out your way as far as the new movies for the holiday season. That's coming up in the future here. And we got a lot of good stuff coming your way, so stick around and check us out at onscreenandbeyond.com, and we can find out what's going on. And we really appreciate you listening to the show, and your uh, feedback to us is very important, so send it to us. And until next time, this is Brian saying take care. (laughs) 